0: May I have your attention, please? It's time! Hello, everyone from KLP Entertainment. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Jeremy Sach, in the second year San Antonio Spurs power forward turn point guard gathers the ball with a one point lead and 2.30 left in the second quarter of a November 14th road game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. As Sachin rushes up the court, he doesn't look over at Spurs coach Greg Popovich who is trying to call a specific play. While the Spurs' offense is in action, Popovich implores Sachin to look at him next time. The Spurs' possession ends in a missed 7-foot jumper by Maliki Branham and Josh Giddy corrals the rebound and quickly drives down the court, blowing past Sachin for a transition layup to give the Thunder a lead they would never relinquish in what turns into a 123-87 route. A fuming Popovich quickly calls timeout. Sachin approaches his coach, who explains in a much calmer tone than he took while the previous play was unfolding that Sachin needed to look to the sideline in those situations. It was a teaching moment for Popovich, one of many that have taken place so far this season. A 3-2 start has been eclipsed by an eight-game losing streak that has dropped the Spurs to last place in the Western Conference heading into Monday's game against the LA Clippers. With the Spurs leaning into a supersized starting lineup this season, there have been growing pains. Devin Vassell is the only traditional guard in the lineup. Keldon Johnson has mostly been a small forward with the ability to slide up and play the four if needed. Zach Collins is settling into his role as the team's starting center. And number one overall pick Victor Wembanyama, all seven-foot-four of him, is malleable enough to fit in wherever he's needed. Then there is Sachin, who came into the league a year ago as a power forward but has now been thrust into an unfamiliar position. Prior to a late October game against the LA Clippers, Popovich called Sachin our official 2023-24 experiment to see what happens there. Popovich has said the Spurs went to the big lineup with Sachin in part for defensive purposes, with the hope the team can create more havoc and deflections. The Spurs averaged 13.9 deflections a game last season and are just shy of that this season at 13.1-13 through games. After Sachin's first game at point guard in the preseason, Popovich said he liked the pace with which Sachin ran the offense, but the coach has consistently said it will continue to be a work in progress. It is the first time I have ever played point guard in my life, Sachin said. I am doing it. I am making a transition like this in the NBA, which is rare. You don't see a lot of people going from power forward to point guard. There have been moments where it's like, yo, I don't want to. It's like, f this s dot. I'm going to be honest. There have been moments where there isn't confidence but there are moments of being confident and just working. Knowing the trust one has from the coaches and players, it helps. Though Sachin had never played point guard prior to this season, Popovich said the Spurs didn't give Sachin a directive to watch a particular player on film because they still want him to be himself. He can't play like Chris Paul or he can't play like John Stockton. He's got to be Jeremy, Popovich said. So we watch him play and we help him understand how to run a team, what's going on on the floor, what plays are appropriate at what time, time and score, all those things. He's got to do it his way. Doing it his way is what Sachin prefers as well. Your mind is always running, Sachin said. But it is fun. It is tiring, but in a positive way. It's not like I am trying to hide from it or anything. It is going to be a process, for sure. So far that process has resulted in his assists per game average jumping from 2.5 a season ago to 4.5 this season. His turnovers however are up as well, from 1.7 to 2.5 the Spurs are averaging 16.1 turnovers per game, fifth most in the NBA. At times, they've struggled to get the ball to Wimbenyuma, who is still averaging a team-high 19.3 points per game. Best among all rookies, Sachin said the mental aspect of playing point guard has been as tiring as the physical side, but he has gotten help from backup Trey Jones, the only true point guard on the Spurs roster. Jones started 65 of 68 games a season ago for the Spurs, averaging 12.9 points and 6.6 assists per game. He was rewarded in the offseason with a two-year, $19 million deal. He has taken his move to the bench in stride while playing only slightly less than he did a season ago 25.3 minutes per game compared to 29.2 per game last season. Jones said that he talks with Sachin about the position and what he sees on the court on almost a daily basis. We're always with each other, and we're always in the jam or there's film, or whatever it may be," Jones told ESPN. There's so many different scenarios that it brings, but obviously we have a great relationship and a friendship, and we're able to just talk about so many different things that we see and that he's going through right now as well. San Antonio has been at its best with Jones as the point guard. In 253 minutes with Jones on the floor, the Spurs have scored 115.8 points per 100 possessions. With Sachin on the floor, they are scoring 100.1 points per 100 possessions. As a team, the Spurs have a 106.9 offensive rating. According to Second Spectrum, Spurs are averaging 0.966 points per possession when Sachin brings the ball up the floor. That is last among the 50 players who have brought the ball up 200 times or more this season. Still, the Spurs are sticking with the Sachin experiment and Sachin says having the backing of his teammates and coaching staff has gone a long way in helping him get over the bad days. They know that it is not always going to be perfect, Sachin said. Sachin said it feels good knowing that everyone in the building believes in what they are trying to accomplish and his teammates are dedicated to working through their on-court issues as the season progresses. I do feel like Jeremy's more than capable of being point guard, Johnson said. I feel like he's getting better and better each and every game and you can just see the confidence growing and brewing inside of him. I'm proud of him because this is something different. So just to see his growth with all the noise and everything like that, I'm very proud of him and I have his back 110%. Adding to the challenge of learning a new position is the fact that Sachin is typically drawing the opposing team's best perimeter defender while also frequently defending one of the opponent's best players on the other end of the court. On November 17, Sachin drew Sacramento Kings point guard Darren Fox 48 times but also defended DeMantis Sabonis nine times in half-court matchups. No other player has guarded both All-Stars as much in the half-court so far this season. Defensively, that was a role Sachin had to handle at times last season as a rookie but without the added pressure of initiating the offense. As a four, I would be guarding one of the best players, but then normally i go to the corner and I see what the point guard says and I know my route," Sachin told ESPN. But as the point guard, you need to know what you're about to do and everyone else's role in the play. It's a little tougher. While the initial returns of the 2023-24 experiment have been lacking the Spurs are committed to keeping Sachin at the point moving forward and doing whatever they can to help him succeed which ideally will lead to long-term success for the team. He's got a lot of responsibilities on both sides of the court, and he's doing his best to respect the coach's game plan, when Banyama said, We've got a long-term vision. We are not close. But we're on the right path. Someday it's going to pay off. Hello, everyone from KLP Entertainment. Welcome back to Sports Talk. Jeremy Sachin the second-year San Antonio Spurs power forward turn point guard gathers the ball with a one-point lead and 2.30 left in the second quarter of a November 14th road game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. As Sachin rushes up the court, he doesn't look over at Spurs coach Greg Popovich who is trying to call a specific play. While the Spurs offense is in action, Popovich implores Sachin to look at him next time. The Spurs' possession ends in a missed 7-foot jumper by Malachi Branham and Josh Giddy corrals the rebound and quickly drives down the court, blowing past Sachin for a transition layup to give the funder a lead they would never relinquish in what turns into a 123-87 route. A fuming Popovich quickly calls timeout. Sachin approaches his coach, who explains in a much calmer tone than he took while the previous play was unfolding that Sachin needed to look to the sideline in those situations. It was a teaching moment for Popovich, one of many that have taken place so far this season. A 3-2 start has been eclipsed by an eight-game losing streak that has dropped the Spurs to last place in the Western Conference heading into Monday's game against the LA Clippers. With the Spurs leaning into a supersized starting lineup this season, there have been growing pains. Devin Vassell is the only traditional guard in the lineup. Keldon Johnson has mostly been a small forward with the ability to slide up and play the four if needed. Zach Collins is settling into his role as the team's starting center. And number one overall pick Victor Wembanyama, all 7'4 of him, is malleable enough to fit in wherever he's needed, then there is Sachin, who came into the league a year ago as a power forward but has now been thrust into an unfamiliar position. Prior to a late-October game against the LA Clippers, Popovich called Sachin our official 2023-24 experiment to see what happens there. Popovich has said the Spurs went to the big lineup with Sachin in part for defensive purposes, with the hope the team can create more havoc and deflections. The Spurs averaged 13.9 deflections a game last season and are just shy of that this season at 13.1 through 13 games. After Sachin's first game at point guard in the preseason, Popovich said he liked the pace with which Sachin ran the offense, but the coach has consistently said it will continue to be a work in progress. It is the first time I have ever played point guard in my life, Sachin said. I am doing it. I am making a transition like this in the NBA, which is rare. You don't see a lot of people going from power forward to point guard. There have been moments where it's like, yo, I don't want to.
1: Over the last three seasons, the Detroit Pistons and Houston Rockets were easily the NBA's two least successful teams on the court, winning 59 games Houston and 60 Detroit respectively. Piling up losses yielded those teams a series of lottery picks including the top two in 2022 Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green and twins Amen, and Orza Thompson this year. After adding Dylan Brooks, Fred Van Vliet and other veterans in free agency, the Rockets have shown dramatic improvement early in the 2023-24 season, including a recent six-game winning streak. Conversely, the Pistons have yet to turn the corner despite signing coach Monty Williams to a deal that made him the NBA's highest-paid coach at the time Greg Popovich has since surpassed him. Detroit remains mired near the bottom of the NBA standings at 2-10. What can we learn from the contrasting approaches taken this summer by the Pistons and Rockets? And how can Detroit get the same kind of development out of Cunningham that we've seen from Houston's young talent this season? Green's development is the ordinary progression typical for a young player. His efficiency has improved slightly with a lower usage rate, putting him right at the median among his comps. On the other hand Smith has taken a solid step forward, rating near the 75th percentile of his comparable players in terms of development. But it's really Sengun who has transformed his effectiveness. Of the 39 players with a similarity score of 90 or better to Sengun at the same age, only one improved more the following season, so far Jani's and Campo. There's a couple of obvious ways where better surrounding talent has helped unlock Sengun's skills in particular. According to Second Spectrum Tracking on NBA advanced stats, 71% of Sengun's potential assists have been converted this season, up from 58% last season. His potential assists are up on a per-minute basis too, as I'm Udoka, is using Sengun as an offensive hub. But those same passes went unrecorded in the box score last season when teammates missed the shots additionally the improved floor spacing around sengun has made his post touches although less common with him playing in the high post more effective the second spectrum tracking sengun post-ups have yielded an incredible 1.6 points per play when he either shoots is fouled turns it over or passes to a teammate who shoots only the boston celtics chris taps porzingis post-ups have been more productive 1.7 points per play among players who have at least 10 opportunities. Last season, Sengun post ups produced 1.03 points per play. Although Smith hasn't made the same kind of leap as Sengun, he's undoubtedly benefited as a play finisher from Houston's influx of talent. According to Second Spectrum, 62% of Smith's shot attempts have been assist opportunities this season, up from 58% as a rookie. Like most players, Smith is far more efficient when set up by a pass helping him up his two-point percentage from 49% to 59% and his three-point accuracy from 31% to 36%. The Rockets presumably hoped Green would be more effective with improved spacing translating to wider driving lanes. That hasn't really been the case. Green is shooting just 35% on drives down from 44% last season. Green has offset that by hitting 40% on threes, so if his scoring in the paint comes around it's possible he'll show more progress statistically. If Houston continues to make a push for a post-season spot with the young starters playing key roles I suspect other teams will take notice. Few will have enough cap space to make the aggressive moves the Rockets did but so far they seem to be validating a philosophy many old-school GMS have long espoused it's dangerous to let a team get too young and unskilled during a rebuild. In fairness to the Pistons, they have added some quality veterans to their group, only to see the most important of those players, Bojan Bogdanovic and Monte Morris, both miss the start of the season due to injury compromising their floor spacing. Of Detroit's current starting five, only power forward Isaiah Stewart is shooting better than 33% from three. This puts Cunningham in the opposite situation of Houston's young talent, where a lack of floor spacing is shrinking his opportunities. Based on Darko projections of current player talent, just two NBA rotation players are playing in lineups with lower three point attempt rates around them than Cunningham teammate Stewart and LaMelo Ball of the Charlotte Hornets. With the loss of Morris' playmaking ability, Cunningham's shot diet is 10th hardest in the league among players with at least 100 attempts according to Second Spectrum's quantified shot quality metric. Cunningham got substantially easier shots as a rookie when he was teamed with more willing three-point shooters Sadik Bay and Jarama Grant. Despite his 44% start from three-point range Stewart, is also suffering from exclusively playing with another post player. Stewart's rebound and block numbers have dipped leaving him less valuable according to all-in-one player metrics after signing a long-term extension last summer. The good news is Detroit's rookies are shining. In the recent rookie power rankings I did with Bobby Marks we placed Orza Thompson third and Marcus Sasser fourth. Additionally, the Pistons have been more competitive than their record shows. Their minus-4.6 point differential ranks 24th in the league which counts as progress for a team that was 29th a year ago. Detroit could look far more functional with Bogdanovich and Morris particularly if Williams is willing to play Bogdanovich at power forward to keep Thompson in the starting lineup. That would push Stewart to a bench role which better fits his skill set. Ideally Morris would cut into the minutes of starting point guard Killian Hayes rather than Sasser and 2022 lottery pick Jaden Ivey who's shown progress in year two after losing his starting job. Down the road the Pistons have the opportunity to make a rocket-style splash in free agency, with several large contracts coming off their books next summer, including $20 million for Joe Harris and $12 million for James Wiseman both on the fringes of their rotation. But Detroit has to spend that money wisely rather than continuing to collect non-shooting big men and lottery picks who have washed out elsewhere. We'll wrap up with a question that ties the two organizations together. I don't think they work as a natural experiment for two reasons one specific to them and the other more general, specifically the Thompson twins aren't starting their development now. Their games have evolved in different fashions by virtue of playing together. Watching them play at overtime elite it was evident our men naturally took the on-ball creator role. While Orza honed his off ball instincts and focused more on defensive impact before moving to the point when Armen rested. Those traits as a role player helped Orza contribute immediately with the Pistons. It's going to take longer for Armen's creation to get to the point where he can be an NBA starter. More generally, there's too much randomness in the development of any player to attribute their success or failure solely to their team environment. Injuries are probably the single biggest factor, and Armen, has already dealt with a pair of ankle injuries, one to each ankle, which cut short his summer league and sidelined him during the regular season recently. That level of randomness helps explain why academic studies have found few statistically significant differences between coaches in terms of developing players. Player development can involve coaching skill, but we would need enormous samples to distinguish the coaches and teams who truly excel at development or drafting from the ones who have just gotten lucky breaks.